your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Thursday. Welcome to this, the second to last episode of 2021 for the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Have a special episode for you all today. It's a first of a two-parter, just a year in review uh, for the Penguins. Today we're going to go into some year awards, look at how the team did overall, some of the best moments. And then for Friday's episode, we're going to go into the best games, um, some of the moments from those games, um, and just all that jazz. Today we're also going to have a preview for the San Jose Sharks. That's actually going to be coming up here um, in the next couple of minutes. And then we're going to get into our starting our year in review series for the Penguins as the next time they will be playing will be January 2nd against the San Jose Sharks. So getting into it with, with a full Sharks preview, you know, this is a team, you know, they're middling. And that's not a place that, you know, I as a fan of, of a team or, you know, you as a fan of a team, would want, you know, just your team to be, you know, I, I, I think a great example of that um, is the Steelers in a way, just because this year they really weren't contending, even though they were kind of selling it off as such. And they've just been a middling team all year. And I think in my eye, you're either rebuilding or you're contending. If you're stuck in neutral, you're really not going to go anywhere. And I think that's been the Sharks for the last three to four years. They got to the final against the Penguins. They lost in six games. Those are great series. Martin Jones probably should have ended in five because the Penguins just flat out dominated the Sharks um, in game five. Just he was the only reason why they won. You know, Benino, I still remember that play. Second period, uh, Penguins are down 3 2, and Jones just makes this ridiculous pad save. I just, it was unreal. And then he just kept making save after save uh, throughout, throughout. And then the 2017, they played well, didn't win. And then, you know, they had that huge comeback against Vegas. Uh, they were down three games to one in the series. They go down, a, a, what is it, three goals in game seven, roar all the way back, they get close again. And, you know, now they've missed the playoffs the last couple of years. And a lot of that is just because their roster is a lot older. I mean, I know Joe Thornton's not there anymore. Patrick Marlowe is gone. But, I mean, they still have good players. But it's just, again, they're, they're on the opposite side of 30. Couture is getting older. Brent Burns does not have a lot left in the tank. Eric Carlson is not near the level that we saw from him in Ottawa um, in 2017 when he was playing the Penguins with, I think that was a fractured foot, if I recall correctly. Um, He was probably a top five player in the game since then, though. Um, He has been anything but that. You know, it it looked like a bad trade at the time for the Senators just because they were trading him while he was still in his peak years. But he just fell off a cliff right after that. I know he's had a bit of a renaissance this season, starting to play a little close to the level that we saw from him in 2017. <clears throat> but still, it's just not enough to cover up what he's been, you know, the last few seasons. And, you know, this is what you get. Yeah, their expected goals for five or 49.2% this season. Their actual goals for 47.4%. Um, their shot attempts for Corsi, they only have 46.6% of those. Their goal differential is minus six. I mean, their expected goals for is it's not bad. I mean, as I as I just said, but you know, you still want to be you know a, a little over fifty percent. I mean, I should say their goals for per sixty two point one six. 
Um, goals against per 62.39. So they just had a lot of trouble scoring this year. Their depth is not that good. I mean, I know Sharks fans are definitely glad that they do not have Martin Jones anymore because he stunk up a joint for them last year. Um, I believe he was bottom five in goals saved above expected for them. Goes to Philadelphia, has had a bit of a better year, um, but still, you know, this is they they needed better goaltending. Um, and and, and they, they've got it so far. I'm, I'm going to their left wing lock, actually, um, as we speak, just so I can, you know, see this. You know, James Reimer, you know, he's played fine this year. I mean, he's always been um, a pretty decent starter um, in this league. You know, he, he was at least average for the Maple Leafs after all those years. I'm actually going to find what his goal saved above expected is this year. It, I mean, he, he actually is – one of the leaders, uh, 7.4 goals saved above expected. His save percentage on unblocked shots, 963. Um, his overall save percentage is 928, uh, 2.33 goals against average. So he has been one of the main reasons why the Sharks are right around 500 this year. The only goalies that are above him in goals saved above expected, you know, Demko, Soros, Carter Hart, Markstrom, Bobrovsky, Hellebuck, Shesterkin, uh, Tristan Jari, Jonathan Quick, Anderson, Vasilevsky. And Jack Campbell. So he, he's actually been, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> one of the best goaltenders in the league this season. It's just, you know, the, the team around him is kind of mad. You know, Couture's on the first line with Timo Meyer, who's had a really good year, leads the team in points. Um, Hurdle is on the second line with a couple <clears throat> with a couple of players that I do not really know who they are. Um, that's just <clears throat> excuse me, that that just goes to show how little I follow the Sharks as much, but you know, it's just, it's weird seeing players you don't recognize on a team like that just because they've had so many great players over the years. Old friend Nick Menino were returning back to Pittsburgh with Matt Nieto, Andrew Cogliano. That's actually a decent third line. Um, Benino, I think, has been pretty decent for them this season, if I recall correctly. Um, he was really good down in Nashville um, a season or two ago and actually produced in the regular season, unlike, <clears throat> excuse me, what he did when he was with Pittsburgh in 2016, it was only after that, you know, he lit, he absolutely lit everyone up in the playoffs. So a bit of a different story there, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and my apologies, only five goals and five points in 31 games this season. So um, definitely not been at the level we've been accustomed to. So again, my apologies on that. Minnesota last season had 10 goals, 26, 26 points in 55 games. Before that, though, Nashville had three really good seasons, you know, 25 points in 71 games, 35 points the, pre, in the next two years with 17 and 18 goal seasons. Um, that's what you want in a third-line center. And the Penguins were trying like heck to replace him right after he left to go to Nashville. I wanted Pittsburgh to bring him back, but at the end of the day, there was just no cap. I mean, Rutherford was really – you know, hamstrung by, you know, how many contracts he had. It doesn't help that they decided to sign Jack Johnson during that offseason and just be completely stupid. So um, at the end of the day, it stunk, but, you know, they did get the replacement in Jeff Carter all those years later. But, um, you know, wasting all those assets to try to replace him was um, definitely not the greatest, I should say. Again, you know, again, defensively, Burns is on the top pairing, Carlson's on the second pairing, and Mark Edward Vlasic is still on the Sharks, but he is on a third pairing role. That contract continues to look worse and worse by the day. If I remember correctly, I think it was an eight-year, seven to eight million uh, per contract that was signed only a few years ago. Um, that, that again, that's probably one of the worst contracts in the league right now. Um, if I were Doug, if I were the Sharks, what I would do. 
Um, since they're around 500 right now and they're not really going to contend this season, they should just sell some of the remaining pieces. I mean, Hurdle, his contract is up. I said on my last episode, I would love if the Penguins could get him. I mean, that would be a slam dunk acquisition. The only problem is, do the Penguins have the assets to get him? Probably not. I mean, you'd have to probably do a first-round pick. P.O. Joseph, a top-tier roster player, and probably more, um, I would say. Um, I think he's probably going to go somewhere else out east if he gets traded, um, but I don't think it's going to be the Penguins. Timo Meyer, he's really good. Do the Sharks want to get him up, though? Not sure. I think Logan could sure if they wanted to, they could trade him, but I mean, he's the face of that franchise right now. I really don't think that's going to happen. And then Burns and Carlson, I don't really think are going to go anywhere. But, you know, some of those depth pieces, you know, like a Nick Minino, like a Matt Nieto, like an Andrew Cogliano, you know, and, you know, some of these other defensemen that they have, they could probably get a, a decent package for some of those players. But I still don't see the Sharks trading <clears throat> some of their big ticket guys. But it's just that they're a weird team this season. You know, they've played better than what I expected them to, but it's still not good enough where they're going to make the playoffs at the end of the season. I know I know the Pacific Division is really weak, but this is, this is still a team that even though the Penguins are banged up with injuries and they have a lot of positive COVID tests, I still think this is a game that the Penguins should be able to win on Sunday. And thank God this team does play in a few days because it has been a long two weeks um, waiting for this team to play. You know, just the NHL seems to be – or some of the teams up in Canada or just everywhere, they seem to be making stuff up as they go along just with this. And um, there's really no consistency, but you know, that's a topic for another day coming up in the next segment. We're going to start our part one of two parts with a, a year in review for the penguins. You can get into a whole bunch of stuff, you know, who won, who won the penguins version of the heart, the Selkie, all that good stuff. But before we do that, if you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beer with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beer products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits also make a great holiday gift. And if you're shopping for yourself, you will be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feeling beer to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Um, one person that I know definitely that has a beer that needs this product, definitely my stepdad. Um, he, the, the thing is, though, he doesn't really shave his beer that often. Um, he just kind of grooms it in quotation marks to the best of his ability. So I definitely think he could use this. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Remember, use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So a year in review for the Penguins overall team stat. They played 86 regular season games for the calendar year, 54 and 24 and eight record. That's a 671 points percentage that ranks eighth in the NHL. I am done with these discord notifications. And if I hear another Slack notification as well, um, there's going to be a serious problem. So apologies on that. <clears throat> so again, 671 points percentage, eighth, eighth in the NHL. Um, if we're doing a heart trophy, it, it's tough. You know, my finalist would be Chris Letang, 
Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. And my winner for that would be Jake Gensel. Um, it was going to be Sid um, if because he was starting to turn it on a, a lot this season. But Jake just had that ridiculous start to the season. And, you know, he was well on his way to potentially challenging the um, Rocket Rashad race. And he still could if he comes back this Sunday. Um, he played 80 regular season games for the Penguins this year. 38 goals, 46 assists. That, you know, his goals and points led the team. And, you know, remember, he started this year, you know, he started, you know, just, you know, the 2020 season, you know, with that shoulder injury. He was coming off that injury on the May of 2020, then, you know, comes back. Um, for a full regular season, you know, the shortened one plays his tail off this year, plays his tail off before he uh, breaks it a little bit of his knuckle um, in the playoffs and then comes back and just goes on a tear during this regular season. I know he didn't play his best hockey in the playoffs. I, I saw the takes that people thought they should trade him, you know, message boards and social media and sports radio and all that. I just tend to ignore that because I don't think they really understand what goes into scoring in the playoffs and just how hard that can be. I mean, for God's sake, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin um, struggled scoring in the playoffs for a few years in a row, which was one of the reasons why the Penguins ended up losing. Um, did they need traded at the time? No. But, you know, I, I would give the team MVP to Jake. He was magnificent this season. And when he comes back, hopefully this Sunday, I think you're going to see someone who's going to continue um, to, you know, lead the team in goals and just, you know, potentially – Make a push for that rocket. Um, Norris Trophy, Crystal Tang, it's not even close. Um, he's top 10 in game score this season for um, all defensemen. He's playing lights out hockey in both the offensive and the defensive zones. There's just, there's no better defenseman on this team than Tanger. He needs to be re signed. Um, I, I have the saying, I'm sure a lot of you are getting sick of it by now. The older he gets, the younger he gets at the same time, just because he plays so many minutes. Um, just like he did when he was younger, and nothing seems to phase him. He may not have the foot speed that he used to have, but you know he's still contributing a lot to this team. Um, and he's what a career he has had, and he was just magnificent for the team this season. So he would get my Norris Trophy award. Uh, other trophies: Selkie, Sidney Crosby. Not real, not really close. Um, I don't think there. Uh, Ashton Reese would be a finalist for me, and I think Teddy Bluger would be the other one. But you know, Sid is one of the best two-way forces in the entire NHL. Was second on the team in points this season with 80. Um, he's been much better defensively. Um, just go back to Game Three on Long Island against the Islanders when. You know, it was a 5-4 game at the time just because Brandon Tanev just scored uh, to get the game winner, the eventual game winner. But Brock Nelson has a chance right on the doorstep. Tristan Jari out of position. Sid puts his stick in there, deflects it out of play. If he doesn't do that, we're looking at a 5-5 game going to overtime. And I'm not sure the Penguins win that considering how bad their overtime luck has been <laughs> in the playoffs these last couple of years. I remember when Mike Sullivan first took that job and the overtime record was terrible. Then he turned it around a lot, right? And then the last couple of years, um, they've just I think they've lost almost every overtime game. The fact that I can't even remember the last time they won an overtime game uh, is nothing short of awful um i think at this point they didn't win one in 2021 they didn't win one against montreal they didn't win one against the Islanders in 2019 2018 did they, i don't think i don't think they won one there the last time i'm pretty positive they won an overtime game 
in the playoffs was 2017. And that is that is how bad um, it, it has been for the Penguins in the playoffs for overtime. But, you know, again, overall, Sid, he gets the Selkie Award. Um, and, you know, it, it's not really close, um, it, at least in my eye. And he had so many highlights um, throughout this year, you know, just taking the stick right off the bench in April, scoring five seconds later. Again, that defensive play, so many other ridiculous plays that we're just used to seeing from Sid um, at this point. So, um, you know, overall, he gets the Selkie in my eye. Vesna Trophy for the Penguins. See, coming into this year, I was going to go Casey to Smith, and I was still prepared to do that through the first um, three months. Well, well, I shouldn't say that. Apologies on that. I was still prepared to do that as this season started, but I mean, you got to go with Tristan Jari. Um, I know he stunk in the playoffs, but what he's been able to do these last three months is nothing short of sensational. And he was also decently consistent in January and February and March of this year when he was giving the Penguins some not, not great goaltending, but I would say good goaltending overall. Um, it's not nearly as good as what he's doing right now, what he's top five in goal state both expected, but he was still pretty good. Uh, DeSmith, he was a very reliable backup up until May, uh, but he's been really bad this season. So I would have to give the edge um, to Jari in that regard. Art Ross, Jake Gensel gets that 84 points. Most goals uh, with for the Rocket, Jake also gets that as well. So congratulations to him. Um, I'm not really going to do a Ted Lindsay because uh, the, the players would have to vote on that. And um, I'm not a player, so I, I really can't do that. Jack Adams for all the coaching staff. Mike Sullivan, I mean, that's just a slam dunk right there, what he's been able to do with this team uh, for both the 2021 and the 20, both the 2020-2021 season and the 2021-2022 season is nothing short of remarkable um, with how many injuries they had the last season this year the same thing and with two COVID breakouts they've won seven in a row coming into this game on Sunday Sunday against San Jose um, if he's not up for the Jack Adams award at the end of the year assuming this team makes the playoffs and I think they will I mean I really don't know what the heck we're doing here top three coach in the league uh, and you know I, I hope that he is here um, for a really long time let's just say that um, trying to think of some of the other awards here. I mean, I really can't do GM of the year. I mean, I, I, I guess overall, if between Ron Hextall and Jim Rutherford, I'm going Ron just because of the Jeff Carter deal, Evan Rodriguez, Danton Heinen, the Brock McGinn signing, um, all of that. So um, definitely we'll give Ron the edge there. Um, let's see. I, I'm going to make one up here. The most underrated player of the year award. Man, this is this is actually tough. Teddy Bluger, uh, one of the best penalty killers, not just on the team, but in the league as a whole. And just a great bottom six player in both the offensive and the defensive zones. Um, is one of the team's uh, leaders in goals this season. Finally got another shorthanded goal um, a couple weeks ago, just before the league went on their little holiday break. And then, of course, with all the post moments for the Penguins. Um, he's been awesome. Um, I can see why they did protect him in the expansion draft. I know it wasn't popular by some people just because – um, of what overall happened with McCann and Tanev. But I mean, in my view, I still think they made the right call to protect him. He's a very vital piece to this team. And, you know, when he's out of the lineup, you can definitely feel it, you know, and it's, you can't say that about a lot of bottom six players. Usually it's just like, yeah, you know, you, you can plug them and go. Right. But with someone like Bluger, um, you can feel his impact on a nightly basis. I think, you know, just, just for this award that I made up, 
overall, uh, for the most underrated player, um, I will have to go with Teddy Bluger. So those are my thoughts on that. Still have a little more to get to, though, for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, but before we do that, Benelon has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowls and the pro football playoffs. Benelon remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, there was a funny award that I did see in this Pensburg article just the other day. Someone did an award for biggest vibe and they put Kasperi Kapan in there. I would actually have to agree with that, even though that he has really struggled this season, just because he always has the funniest outfits. You know, remember his post game or his postseason media conference after the Penguins got eliminated by the Islanders. The dude shows up, shows up wearing a purple shirt. Um, I think it has like Nike across the, the, like the middle of it, beach hat, and aviator awesome sunglasses. It's just like you know that is the perfect vibe right there, Cappy. So um, th- that was that one. That one I thought was pretty funny. Um, best overall game. We're gonna get into more of these tomorrow, but best overall game. See, this is tough because the Penguins did play quite a few games this season. Um, I really liked the one they played against the Islanders after the playoff series, um, where they were just shutting them down the entire game, not really letting anything get to them. But I think the best one overall was their win against Washington this season. Not the one they lost in D.C., but the one they won, because um, that was a clinic. Uh, The Penguins were not really giving up anything to the Capitals that entire game. I know Washington had a couple goals in the third period. Those were due to just a couple weird breakdowns. But overall, um, Pittsburgh was blocking off the shooting lanes, um, not letting them get to the high-danger areas. They were getting a lot of really nice depth scoring. The defensemen were really jumping into play, which reminds me, I think the player that's made the biggest uh, leap this um, this year, and it's based off mainly these last few months, is John Marino. Um, I think you're really starting to see um, a lot more offense from him especially when he jumps into the play more. His defense play has gotten a lot better as this year as a whole has gone on, and a lot of that does have to do um, with playing with his usual partner, Marcus Pedersen. So I'll add that to a yearly award um, as well. Going back to the game against Washington, though, you know their special teams, again, were great. Tristan Jari was flawless. Sid played a good game. Denton Hyden had a goal. Um, Brock McGinn had a goal. And it was just, you know, the Pittsburgh's speed has always given the Capitals fits, especially for these last couple of years. And I think that's the main reason why I would take the Penguins in a playoff series over them. It's just because they're faster than them, and they also know how to play Excuse me, against a team like Washington. So I would say that's probably their best game as a whole of the year. I think game two against the Islanders was also really good. That was a defensive clinic. They got a couple early goals, but then, you know, they were able to play that shutdown defensive hockey that we haven't seen too often since the 2016 and 2017 playoff runs. Again, the game against the Islanders this season where they won, what was it? One, nothing, two, nothing up on long Island. That was a defensive clinic as well. And 
know, the, the game against Vancouver as well, that's, I think that's the one that's really turned their season around just because, you know, they needed those power play goals and, you know, they got them and then some. So um, I would say those are my top Penguins games from this year. I'm going to have more on those um, tomorrow to make a little bit more of a list, but that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. One more episode to close out this week before we hit 2022. Remember, the Penguins are back in action this Sunday. I will have a full game recap on Monday with the Locked On Sharks, uh, fellas. So look for that then. Remember, one more episode coming for you all on Friday. It's going to be a fun one, part two of our year in review for the Penguins. So thank you all so much for listening to this one, and I will talk to you all on the other side.